0: Before we get to our new episode of Ask Me Another this week, we have a couple questions for you. Are you in college or freshly out of college? Do you do crossword puzzles in pen? Are you the MVP of your trivia or board game party night? If any of these things grabbed your attention, guess what? We are now accepting fall internship applications. Learn more and apply at www.mpr.org careers. This week, Invisibilia, the show about the invisible forces that shape human behavior, brings you what seems like a politically relevant question. How is it that two people can look at the exact same thing and see something completely different? To answer it, they have a musical about umpires, a bear fairy tale, and the story of a man who breaks out of his reality bubble. You can listen to Invisibilia in the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Jonathan, today on Ask Me Another, we have a guest who's written a book about families. Family trivia speed round. What restaurant's tagline is, when you're here, your family?
1: That is Olive Garden.
0: Correct. Billy, Dolly, Jeffy, and PJ are kids in what newspaper comic?
1: Uh, the Family Circus. That's
0: right. And what's traditionally said at the beginning of a family's Thanksgiving dinner? Nana, that's racist. <laughs>
1: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, and now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. We've got a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage trading fidget spinners waiting to play our nerdy games. And our special guest is An actor and an author, Annabel Gerwich, who wrote a book called Wherever You Go, There They Are. It's about her cast of epically dysfunctional relatives, including bootleggers, gamblers, and philanderers. Or, as they're called in Brooklyn, distillers, street musicians, and polyamorists. (laughs) But enough about my improv class. Our first two contestants will play a litigious word game, Objection Overruled. Let's meet them. First up, Hannah Weitzman on buzzer number one. You are one of three non-German speakers at your office. I am. Willkommen. (laughs) That means welcome. (laughs) Your opponent is Robbie Chernow on buzzer number two. You told us that you are, quote, frictionally unemployed.
1: That is correct. Welcome. Thank you very much.
0: Hannah and Rob, the first of you who wins two of our games, will move on to our final round at the end of the show. So this is a word game where Jonathan and I are going to pitch our new paperback book series of legal thrillers. The title of each book is a word or phrase that ends with the word case. So we'll read you the blurb, and you just give us the title. For
1: example, if I said, The plaintiff wears pinstripe. The defendant wears herringbone. And the future of boxy luggage is at stake. You would answer... The
0: suitcase. Let's do it. Here we go. Feathers and memory foam collide in this hypoallergenic thrill ride when a key piece of neck-supporting evidence is covered up. <phone rings> Robbie. Pillowcase. That is correct. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a real snore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a heart-pounding page-turner centered on a precedent-setting defamation case, Pistachio versus Pecan. And the question is... Is anyone here in their right mind? Hannah.
0: Nutcase. That's right. Uh, by the way, we are aware that pistachios and pecans are technically droop seeds. So, listeners, uh, please stop trolling us on Tinder. <laughs> After several appeals, poet E.E. E. Cummings goes to the highest court in the land to overturn the government's mandate to capitalize his own name. Robbie. Uppercase, or lowercase? Lowercase. Lowercase, lowercase. that's correct, yeah. He would have hated autocorrect for that reason.
1: <laughs> in a story that's already won an Oscar, a Tony, and a Webby, a family is torn apart over custody of an award statue display cabinet. Robbie. Trophy case. That's right.
0: Does one display a Webby? I don't know. Is there even a real trophy? There is. (laughs) It's not just a digital trophy that you get emailed and you print (laughs) it out if you want? Tensions escalate when the courthouse elevator goes out of order. Can three out-of-shape attorneys climb 19 flights to file a legal brief before the deadline? (laughs) Robbie. Staircase. That's right. One of them was always one step ahead.
1: Let your imagination take <laughs> flight. I just made that That's up. good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's a good story. <laughs> this is your last clue. Two military experts serving in an embassy set diplomacy aside and sue each other. The dispute... Who gets to keep this thin, French-sounding, document-holding case? Hannah.
0: Attaché case?
1: Correct.
0: And we were discussing the difference between a briefcase and an attaché case, right, Art? We were discussing it. And what is the difference?
2: Turns out an attaché case splits exactly in half, and both sides are about equal depth. Or a briefcase, there's clearly a container side and a lid side. You're welcome.
0: Yeah, good to know. (laughs) Huzzaker, Archung, how did our
2: contestants do? Robbie, congratulations. You're one step closer to the final round.
0: Coming up, we'll play an audio quiz with the most sound effects you've heard on public radio since Steve Inskeep's Morning Zoo comedy show. Let's check in with our contestants. Hannah, you also love to cross-stitch. I do. I do love that. <laughs> so you've made stuff for all of your friends. Yes. And your family. Most of them, yes. And now you're moving on to basic acquaintances? Yep. Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, it's, it's office people that I will never meet, um, like their children. Okay, you I know? was just like,
0: what is a basic acquaintance as, like as opposed to an advanced acquaintance? Yeah,
3: just kind of... You know, my uh, coworker, I made one for her baby, and then her nine year old said, I want one too, so I said, okay.
1: (laughs) Can I have a cross
0: stitch? Sure. Robbie? (laughs) I feel like you have enough. (laughs) Robbie, part of your Instagram life went viral uh, because you went to a bachelor party weekend alone. Yes. Sort of by accident.
1: By accident. I landed in the morning on Thursday, and everyone, including The Bachelor, was supposed to fly in Thursday afternoon, and due to weather, all of their flights were canceled. <laughs> but most of the tickets were bought for sporting events and reservations were made. <laughs> and I really had nothing else to do
0: for a few days. <laughs> So I had the bachelor party by myself. <laughs> so you, you document the whole thing. Did you have a good time?
1: Oh, I had a great time. Jake's bachelor party was the best thing that ever happened. To me.
0: <laughs> so we have an audio quiz called Name That Sound. We're going to play a famous sound effect or piece of production music, and I'm going to give you three possible names for that sound. You buzz in and tell me the real name of the sound effect. Robbie, you won the last game, so you win this, and you go right to the final round. Hannah, you need to win this, or we're going to put speakers in your shoes that go, don't, every time you take a step. <laughs> First up, the sound that blows your ears out before a THX certified movie. I want popcorn. Is that called A, Earstorm, B, Deep Note, or C, Soundgasm? Hannah. A? Earstorm. Yes. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Can you steal Robbie?
1: Uh, Deep Note, B?
0: Deep Note is correct. Yeah, it's called Deep Note. From 1991 to 2002, this song played during NBA games on NBC. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds so happy. That
1: sounds very exciting.
0: What is that called? Is that A, Round Ball Rock, B, Slam Dunk Jam, or C, Courtside Blast? Hannah. I would say B, the... Slam Dunk Jam? Yes. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. (laughs) But I'm glad you buzzed in. Robbie, can you steal?
1: Uh, I'll go with C.
0: Courtside Blast? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, the answer was round ball rock. <laughs> I know. It sounds like it's written by people who've never seen a game of basketball, doesn't it?
1: Or people who don't know that all balls are round is the other <laughs>
0: <one>. <laughs> Can you identify this Mac computer error noise? Is it called oopsies, B, pixie shout, or C, sosumi? Robbie. B. Pixie shout. That is incorrect. Hannah, can you steal? Oopsies? Oh, you'd think so.
4: Oh, really?
0: (laughs) But it's actually, so sue me. Uh, It's a jab at the Beatles record company Apple because they threatened to sue Apple Computer if they released anything that sounded musical under the name Apple. (laughs) I don't know who won, but I don't feel sorry for either team. (laughs) They're all doing okay. <laughs> yeah, it fine. Turned, out, turned out fine for all of you. This is the theme song to Project Runway. Oh. Wow, is right. I just want to say
1: <laughs> why do they have a theme song that sounds like a cat is getting murdered? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the challenge was fur. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is it called A, disaster transport, B, get plastered, or C, who is this woman? Robbie. A. A, disaster transport is incorrect. I'm sorry. Hannah, can you steal? Uh, who is this woman? (laughs) (laughs) It's actually B, get plastered. (laughs) That's right. John Williams composed this theme to NBC's Meet the Press. John Williams, can't he just leave some work for someone else? Yeah, I know. Does he have to kill it
1: every time? I know. I know.
0: Is that called A. The Pulse of Events B. First Amendment Suite or C. Anthem of Deceit Robbie uh, A. Pulse of Events That is correct <laughs> Puzzle Archung, Chung how did our contestants do?
2: Hannah we're sorry to see you go Robbie congratulations you're moving on to the final round
0: Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Robbie in our final round at the end of the show. And I'll talk to Annabel Gerwich, whose new book is called Wherever You Go, There They Are Stories About Her Dysfunctional Family. Uh, If I wrote a book about my family, I'd call it Wherever You Go, We'll Judge, but We'll Never Visit. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Bombas. The owners of Bombas started in the sock game when they heard socks were the number one requested clothing item in homeless shelters. That's why, for every pair of socks they sell, they donate a pair to someone in need. But they've also set out to solve every annoying sock problem. Bombas socks stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer. They've added arch support, no annoying toe seam, and they don't fall down your leg. Get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com ask. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Little Passports. Check out Science Expeditions, the new educational subscription that kids and parents love. Monthly packages arrive packed with activities and experiments around themes like rockets and solar power. In the first month, your child will extract DNA from a strawberry. Learn more at littlepassports.com slash askme, where listeners can save 40% on their first month with the coupon code askme.
1: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, our contestant Robbie won his way to the final round at the end of the show. We'll find out a little later who he will face off against. But first, it's time to welcome our special guest. She's an actress, an author, and one of the original hosts of TBS's Dinner and a Movie. Her latest book is called Wherever You Go, There They Are Stories About My Family You Might Relate to. Please welcome Annabelle
5: Gerwich. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Uh,
0: So, Annabelle, you have had a lot of jobs in entertainment. Uh, As an actress, you appeared, I mean, on Seinfeld, Murphy Brown. I was surprised, though, looking at all of your accomplishments, Mm -hmm. that you also wrote two episodes of Thundercats.
5: I did. I did. I did. Um, That was like my first... Job after being a mime on the street, uh, passing out Are flyers. You serious? So my friend was working for the company that produced Thundercats. And I think w- there was maybe some weed smoking involved when I said, <laughs> we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, we could write this stuff. And so we wrote these two scripts. I had no idea what I was doing. No, I, I mean, just no idea. You just
0: watched as much as you could exactly. of the Thundercats
5: Oov. That's right. That's uh, right. That's exactly. There is an ooh uh, yeah. to it. See, the thing was the swords. They would say, "Thun thun thundercats ho," and then their swords would grow. And it was mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. it was you know. I mean, you know. Okay. Was, I didn't start writing again until many years later. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, well, this new Mm -hmm. book is really about the, it's the nitty-gritty of your family's roots.
5: Well, yeah. So, you know, the premise was, no matter how hard you try to escape your crazy family, you just end up in another crazy family. That's true. No one from my family is speaking to me now. Okay. I've written this book. So I only have chosen family now.
0: Your dad was someone that was obsessed with get-rich-quick
5: schemes. Yes, it's true. He had all these ideas for businesses, right? So he had uh, he had insurance business. He was in real estate. Uh, he had art galleries. His silver mines. At one point, he was in the soft core porn business, distribution business. And in high school, I wrote the copy to the movies. That was like my job. There was. Uh, <laughs> It, and it wasn't like that. Preparing Not
0: like you for a future in writer of Thundercats. Exactly.
5: Yeah. But it was more like the thing was, they were really like exploitation movies. They really, they were, and they were very disappointing to people who came to see them. So... I never actually saw these movies. I just saw the artwork, right? <laughs> so the poster was like a woman, and she had on like kind of like sexy chaps, and she had a, a, a riding crop. So I'm 17, and so I write the radio copy, which said, In the house, she was a lady, but in the stable, she was a... <laughs> animal. <laughs> it's like... Great. How does that sound, Dad? So that was. And how much would you get paid? Not enough. Yeah for that kind of that's creativity. Pretty, yeah, that's
0: like got comedy in it, wordplay. Totally. And and because of him him owing money and being in yes. Shady's deals, you guys actually had to get up and move oh, from yeah. one part of that, you were in Alabama, you had to move to Delaware.
5: Yes. You know, we were we were kind of like, you know, one day we're riding around in the Rolls Royce with the mahogany pulled down uh, trays and then the next we were uh, homeless living with my aunt and uncle. No, it was kind of an itinerant childhood. And, you know, What does that lead you to? A career in show business. Well, I was going to
0: say, you'd think you would seek stability and become, you know, like some, uh, I don't know. Well,
5: my sister is an attorney. Ah. She became that person. And for some reason, I was like, I'm used to the circus. (laughs) I'm sticking with it. I don't know why. Now, you were saying that you also, you you
0: can't escape your family because you also will recreate them with... New people. That's,
5: yeah, that's right. You find I mean, your own tribe. That's right. So it's really about you know um, the narrative of the book. It's a, it's it's a collection of essays, but there is a narrative which is leaving my family behind and going out and looking for you know my people as as you do. And of course, my first people were the theater tribe. Sure, people. And the- somewhere
0: along the line, you decided that it was a UFO
5: cult. Okay, um, I'm trying to appear marginally intelligent here, but I was, when Listen. I was in the UFO cult, which I was in, you know, it was the 1980s, and everybody was, like, meditating or doing this new-agey stuff, and I met the psychic who told this group of people, I know, you're looking at me. Well, you can't, I love that you're like, it was a, the 80s. It was
0: Everyone the Everyone kind of had a UFO cult. It
5: was, you know, <laughs> I had watched a lot of sci-fi growing up. So when we were told that we were this reincarnation of a pharaoh's family and that we were in communication with the aliens who were communicating through a computer buried under the poles and that we were going to be part of the first uh, contact and taken back to the home planet, you know, it it sounded all very reasonable. (laughs) Um, But I actually suspect that I am not the reincarnation (laughs) of a princess from the 18th dynasty. (laughs) Another one of your books uh,
0: is called Fired, which is a collection of famous people's stories about getting fired. Yes. uh, You were inspired to collect these stories after you were fired by Woody Allen. Yes. So what was it about that particular situation that was so traumatic or I don't know? uh, Yeah. Was it Uh, traumatic? I would say
5: traumatic and transformational. Mm. So um, the thing was I sucked. In front of my comedy idol at the time. It was that thing, that moment of uh, expectations meeting reality. Like, at that moment in time, I thought he was like my comedy idol. And he thought that I was terrible. But... I realized that you know um, my story about being fired by, by Woody Allen was really a great way of getting people to tell their stories. When I said, you know, I was fired by Woody Allen, then people would tell me their stories. And so I did a sort of Studs Terkel kind of thing where I went around the country and I asked people their stories about being fired like uh, Paul Feig, who directed uh, Ghostbusters and um, Bridesmaids, Bridesmaids yeah. and everything funny with women in it. yeah. And uh, like he was fired from being the Ronald McDonald because he, w- he was terrible at it. Or one of my favorite comedians, Dana Gould, was fired from the Dana Gould Show. <laughs> Three times. Pilots with his own name. He said by the end he had no character. He was playing a weather front. <laughs> so I just, I just love these stories. What they were really about was about how you have to pick yourself up and go on after what you might consider to be a really big failure. And that helped me to hone what I think is, if I have a voice, it's the idea of the dissonance between your expectations and the reality. And that's the premise of that book. And then this book about family and why. Why do we always think, when people say, oh, it's such a great thing, they treat us like family, that's when we should run in the other direction. <laughs> well, because people should really say for business, we'll treat you like friends. Yeah. Right?
0: Yep. Are you ready to play and Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes. Yes, of course you are. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. Oh, Annemale Gerwich, everybody, give her a round of applause. <laughs> Okay, so, for many years, you co-hosted TBS's Dinner and a Movie. I did. Uh, So, that's where a movie played on basic cable while you cooked a recipe that was inspired by the movie. Did you watch all the movies beforehand to try to figure out the recipe?
5: Yes. I saw, like, the worst movies of the 80s and 90s. See, the whole thing was... TBS had this huge old library of movies that nobody cared about at this point, but they didn't even know what we were doing. They just gave us a studio, and then I would invite friends over, like Janine Garofalo or Jeff Garland or Bob Odenkirk, and people would just come, and then they caught on a couple years into it. (laughs)
0: That they they had a hit. So one of the things that we loved uh, with Dinner in a Movie is... The punny recipe names. For example, for Ghostbusters, the recipe was called I Ain't Afraid of No Roast. So in this game, we're going to give you the title of a film. You have to tell us the name of the real dinner-in-a-movie recipe based on that film. And if you do well enough, listener Delfina Kopacki from Portland, Oregon, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube.
5: I'm going to try. I, I think th- it's going to be great. I sort of had to, like, excise those puns. I had a panectomy or something. <laughs> it was There you go. Yeah. Guess
0: what? It's multiple choice.
5: Oh, yes. Yeah, look at that. Yeah,
0: let's do it. Great. Okay, here's your first one. For basic instinct, the recipe was called A, Sharon Stone crab cakes, B, flash fried psychokra.
5: Oh, (laughs) you're really making
0: that sound good. And C, Michael Douglas asparagus with bacon. Uh, Which one? I'm going
5: to say it's Sharon Stone crab cakes. Yeah, that's right. That was the recipe.
0: But I'm sure you considered uncrossed chicken thighs.
5: Uh-huh. I didn't write the movie.
0: Yeah. All right. For nine to five, was it Jane Fondue? <laughs> B, what a way to make a liver? <laughs> or C, male chauvinist pig?
5: It was male chauvinist pig. It sure was. For Roadhouse,
0: was it A. Bar Brawl Booyah Bays, B. I used to roast duck with guys like you in prison, (laughs) or C. Patrick Swayze's Cracked Ribs and Black-Eyed Peas? Patrick Swayze's Cracked Ribs and Black-Eyed Peas. Yum, yum, (laughs) yeah. For City Slickers, was it A. Mad Cowboy Chili, B. The Legend of Curly's Fries, or see carp bigger than you.
5: It was the mad cowboy chili. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. We were, um, for some reason, like, we were really heavy on the beef back in those. I don't know why, but we just did a lot of beef eating in, back in that day. For the dinner. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah, just thinking about it. Puzzle
2: Guru Archung, how did our special guest do? Congratulations, Annabelle. You and listener Delfina Kopacki both win. Ask me
0: another Rubik's Cubes. Annabelle's latest book is called Wherever You Go, There They Are. Stories about My Family You Might Relate To. Give It Up One More Time For Annabelle Gurwitch. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook and Twitter. Our next two contestants will play a game about reality TV, or as it's now called, the presidency. Let's meet them. First up, Emily Mannix on buzzer number one. You are a social media manager for the women's lifestyle website, Refinery29. Welcome. Yes, Yes.
6: thank you, thank you.
0: Your opponent is Tina Weber on buzzer number two. You're a video producer for Martha Stewart's website. Welcome. Sure is. (laughs) Remember, Emily and Tina, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. Let's go to your first game. Emily, what reality competition show do you think you could win?
6: The Great British Bake Off.
0: You're a great baker.
6: No, I I mean, I think I'm good at pretending to be British sometimes. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Sometimes.
0: Depending on the beverage situation?
6: Yeah, I mean, you gotta get Mary Berry Sauced, you're in. (laughs) <laughs> she's, a, she's a host on the... No yeah. one? No one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> she actually isn't hosting it anymore, so I want the record to state that
0: I am aware of that. Okay, yeah. I know, this is a contemporary show, and you are an influencer. Tina, what reality competition show do you think you could win? If there is an amateur chopped, like a home chopped... <laughs> like that that would probably be the one right exactly like what would that be amateur chopped it, it's not worst cooks
4: in america but it's not it's somewhere in between it's not master chef you know it's like right middle of the I, i'm sure there's a game yeah that's uh, a
0: good that's a perfect name middle of the road chopped
4: yeah there it is there's there chops
6: junior but i think you don't meet the that's age a, requirement that's an age
4: thing right that's an age thing yeah this is going to be there's a lot of long.
1: shade <laughs> a lot of shade being thrown up here
0: Your first game is called Reverse Reality. In this game, Jonathan and I imagine what happens when you play a reality show in reverse. For instance, we know that everyone becomes more likable. Puzzle R. Chung, why don't you give us an example?
2: If we said 20 ragged civilians come to an island one by one, welcomed by Jeff Probst as he says his famous catchphrase, Spoken has tried the... You'd answer, Survivor.
0: Got it. The Yoda version. (laughs) Okay, here we go. A man breaks off his engagement with his fiance, then brings 20 other women one week at a time to live in his house, taking roses from each of them along the way. Emily. Bachelor. The bachelor's correct, yeah. A multimillionaire pulls
1: his investment from a startup company, then makes the plucky entrepreneur pitch his product to his rich friends anyway. Emily. Shark Tank. Shark Tank is right.
0: Vandals led by Ty Pennington break into a beautiful new home belonging to a deserving family and completely destroy it. (laughs) Then they build the family a much uglier house. (laughs) Tina. Extreme makeover, home edition. Yes, that is correct.
1: (laughs) Three amateur bakers leave a bucolic picnic, passing bouquets, and a glass cake plate to a pair of British comedians. The bakers go into a tent where they spend months reverse-engineering baked goods into batters and doughs. Tina.
4: Great British bake-off.
1: That's correct. <laughs> oh, my God. Emily is so mad right
4: now. Sorry, not sorry. Emily cannot even believe that you just did that, Tina. I was really focusing on, you know, buzzing and at the right time. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's,
6: there are no words, so... <laughs> I've let Mary Berry down.
0: <laughs> She's really proud of you still. Who's no longer on the show, so it's fine. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. <laughs> Two young people meet each other in person for the first time. They split apart, move to different cities, and start an online relationship where one of them pretends to be a different person. <laughs> Tina. This is my favorite show.
4: Catfish. <laughs> yeah. Why is that your favorite show? Um, It makes my husband super uncomfortable to watch people being embarrassed, and I enjoy watching him feel uncomfortable. Ah. Yeah. Romance
0: finds itself in different ways.
1: At a restaurant, a bunch of silverware and dishes are scattered on the floor. Teresa picks them up, sets the table, and becomes less and less angry at Danielle. Emily.
6: Uh, We're the Real Housewives
0: of New Jersey. Yeah,
1: you got it. This
0: is your last clue. Four singing coaches sit in chairs that cause them to rotate 180 degrees and forget what the contestants look like. (laughs) Tina. The voice. That is correct. Yes. (laughs) Puzzleger, Archung, how did our contestants do? It
2: was a close game. Tina, well done. You're one step closer to our final
0: round. (laughs) If you memorized pie to pie places, then you should be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org to find out how and learn about our two upcoming road shows in Los Angeles. Coming up, we'll meet today's mystery guest. I wonder if she has an unusual job or an unusual business. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Angie's List. Home improvement season has arrived and Angie's List is here to help. At Angie's List, they have tools to help homeowners tackle their to-do list with confidence. Whether you need windows cleaned, your lawn mowed, or a remodel, they'll help you find the perfect pro for the project. Angie's List is now free to join and members receive exclusive benefits and discounts on home services. Visit Angie's today. Angie's List home is where our heart is. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. And if you're looking for a new podcast to try, how about Planet Money? Give it a fresh listen. One thing people say about Planet Money is how much they love listening to it, even though they don't care about business or economics. It's just a smart show with great stories, like why open offices took off and why they're terrible. Why aren't there enough women in tech? It's journalism at its best for a time that really needs some sane reporting. So find Planet Money on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Emily and Tina. Soon they'll play a musical game where rock and roll meets retail. But first, let's check in. Emily, your actual job title is Influencer Campaign Manager. Correct. Give me one of your favorite campaigns.
6: Um, I worked with Instagram Famous Dogs on a Volvo campaign. And I got to give people a Volvo for a weekend and have them take pictures of their dogs with a car.
0: And you were very happy with the results? Oh, I mean,
6: I mean, it's kind of the best email you get. You're like, oh, let me look at some content of puppies. Cool.
0: Your opponent, Tina, also works, you know, influencing culture. You are, uh, you know, producing Martha Stewart's videos. So yeah. I guess you learn a lot of... I learned... Decorating tips, DIY stuff. All right. What's one good one
4: that you've maybe applied to your life? Oh, man. I learned that if you're going to have an area rug, it's either furniture all on the rug, feet-wise, or not on the rug at all. It's not in between. That is just passe. That's not good. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow.
4: It's very essential information. (laughs) That's good to know.
0: know. I have to hire some movers. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I feel like my couch might be half on, half off because I wanted to make the rugs. Just running through
1: all all my rugs and furniture, and I feel like I I made some mistakes.
4: That's something Refinery29 might recommend. You know? Oh! They're like more new age and like more edgy, and like we're very more classic. Like
0: (laughs) okay, we're just a little more old school. I have lost track of what exactly is going (laughs) on. So let's go to your next game. It's the best mall musical since Phantom of the Dress Barn.
1: <laughs> I apologize in advance. We rewrote songs by Hall & to be about stores at the mall. Just buzz in to identify the store that I'm singing about, and if you're correct, you can earn a bonus point by naming the original song.
0: Okay, Tina, you won the last game, so you win this, and you're in the final round. Emily, you need to win this, or we'll make you forget where you parked your car. <laughs> so you have to walk around until everyone else leaves. All right, here we go.
1: Everybody's high on cinnamon sugar. Everybody's trying to tell me get that twisted bread. Yeah, she's not my uncle, but she's got nuggets and a dipping sauce. Make it
6: cheese, I said. Emily? Auntie Anne's The Auntie Pretzels. Auntie Anne's
1: The Pretzels, that's right. Uh, do you know the song for an additional bonus point?
6: Oh, God, no, I was totally not listening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was She's Gone. There's not a cheer made a clay. Don't hear no horsey neigh. Need a new couch but I don't have the cloud. break it, you buy it. Ooh, i pick up this vase, but they probably kick me
4: out.
1: <laughs> Tina?
4: Is it West Elm?
1: That is a pretty good guess, but that's incorrect. Emily, do you want to take a guess? Pottery Barn? It is Pottery Barn, you're right. <laughs> and do you know the song?
6: Um, oh, there she goes. Uh-huh. Watch out for uh, a yeah, yeah, man yeah. eater! Maneater? Yeah. eater! you got it.
1: Here's another one. When I am keen to dress like a teen Toward here I lean If I want a sex toy, that's Spencer's seen But for my pop culture, I I will shop here, why? Because I need a new Ramones T-shirt Because I need a tight golf mini skirt, But is this really rebel stuff if it's found at the mall Tina
4: Hot Topic Hot Topic, <laughs> you got it
1: Do you know the name of the song?
4: Your kiss is on my lips no. Nope.
0: That would make sense. Yeah, no. that's where I, most people would put a kiss. Yeah. I hope.
4: Uh,
2: your kiss is on my list. Is the name oh, of the kiss yes. on my list?
0: I know. I know.
4: No one knows that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, come on, Art. Nobody knows that. Well, it's bright out, and I'm starting to squint. To this tiny mall shelter, I will go. I need my Ray-Bans when it gets sunny. Why are these Ray-Bans so much money? Tina.
4: Sunglass Hut. Sunglass Hut. That's right. I know this song.
0: Yeah, what's the song? It's
4: Poor Boy. Just kidding. It's Rich Girl. Rich
0: Girl. That's right. Would she shop at Sunglass Hut? No, I can't. She would shop at Sunglasses Hut. Mm. Because she would have gone to a good school, and she would have understood grammar. That's right.
1: That's right. Sunglass Hut is just like a monocle
0: store? Is that what it is? (laughs) Just the one.
1: (laughs) Do they
0: make, uh, like, sunglass monocles, though? Oh, they are now. (laughs) It's a great idea. uh, You can't see it all through your other eye? It's a clip-on that you put on the monocle. (laughs) Just a little clip-on shade. A
1: little clip-on shade for your monocle. That's right. All right. If you want a watch, a mini helicopter, come on in, early adopter. Besides, chairs I sold here. Yeah, yeah. But well, we've got the stock, shopper image listed. But they've gone and we persisted.
4: So buy your gadgets here. Oh, yeah. Tina. Brookstone.
1: Brookstone, that's right.
4: And do you know the song? You make my dreams come true. Yes. Yes, yes that is correct.
1: This is your last clue. Well, I, I I'll buy vitamins if they tell me so. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'll buy bodybuilding stuff to make my muscles grow. A oh, oh, oh. three-initial name, whoa, oh, oh. whoa, must be good. I'm here to reclaim, whoa, oh, oh. whoa. My manhood of three initial name, initial name, initial name, initial name. Emily.
6: GNC. And I can't go for that.
1: Yeah. Wow. Right into the bonus points. Displaying a lot of confidence there. I like it. Art Chung, how
2: did our contestants do? We have a tie. So here's your tiebreaker. Hands on your buzzers. Part of a national park, Independence Mall can be found in what city, which is also where Hall and Oates met? Emily.
6: Um, Philadelphia? That is correct.
2: That means we're tied one game apiece. Oh, that's right. And we're going to a quick game three. I'll give you a category and you'll go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. Buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. At the end of 2001's Ocean's Eleven, ten actors, not including George Clooney, leave the Bellagio Fountain one by one. Name the actors. Emily, you're first. Matt Damon. That is correct. Tina?
4: Julia Roberts.
2: No, I'm sorry. She's not one of the ten.
4: Okay, well.
2: The other answers were Bernie Mac, Brad Pitt, Carl Reiner, Casey Affleck, Don Cheadle, Eddie Jameson, Elliot Gould, Scott Kahn, and Shabo Cheen. Tina, we're sorry to see you go. That means Emily, congratulations. You're moving on to the final round.
0: While Robbie and Emily get ready for our final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to come on stage. Jonathan and I have no idea what this person does, what makes them special, or who they are. But our puzzle guru, are does. That's right. Ophira,
2: you and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our mystery guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery guest, please introduce yourself.
3: My name is Jen Glantz, and I own a very unusual business.
0: An unusual business. An unusual
1: okay. business. Uh, does your business involve uh, uh, either food or drink of any kind?
3: No. Does it
0: involve... Humans.
3: Yes, lots of humans. Lots of humans.
1: Is your business related to the arts in some way?
0: No. Is your business linked to special events or holidays? Yes. Oh, look at that. Special events or holidays. Little door into something. Would I go to you if I were planning a birthday party? No. What kind of weird special events are we talking? Are you in some way providing
1: the people? Yes. Ah. Yeah. Do you you rent people?
3: Yes. Do you rent friends? Yes. You rent friends? Sometimes,
0: yes. Okay, so like a flash mob, like that kind of thing? No. Okay, so right, you just need people. You need friends.
1: Do you sell followers on Instagram?
3: (laughs) No, but I bought (laughs) them before. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: Is it at all about creating romance or relationships? Yeah, it is. Here's a here's a, I think focus on
2: what type of event maybe. Okay. Is it is it a party?
0: Is it a celebration of some kind? Yes. Okay. Is it something that people in a couple would celebrate? Yes. Okay. Is it an anniversary?
3: No. A okay. Wedding? Yes. Oh, okay. So if you're getting married,
0: <laughs> is it like you're getting married and you have no friends and you can get a bunch there? Sort, sort of, of, but
2: specifically what?
0: Interesting.
1: What so do pe-
2: bridesmaids and, and groomsmen? Yes. You yes. provide bridesmaids and groomsmen. <laughs> Jen is a bridesmaid for Hire. She started almost three years ago with a Craigslist ad offering her services as a professional bridesmaid. This year, she'll be a bridesmaid at eight weddings and wedding coaches in seven more. And she recently wrote a book about it titled Always a Bridesmaid
0: for Hire. Yes. So why should people have bridesmaids at a wedding? What if they're just like, I don't have any bridesmaids and that's the way it is?
3: Some people are cool with that, but others want to have a support system at their wedding. So they need someone to step in and say, I'm a professional. Let me help you out and be there for you because weddings are dramatic. They are not a celebration. They are a drama fest. My job is really to go in there and calm things down and make sure the bride doesn't cry because... There's always tears. Okay, so you're like a
0: PR agent for the bride during the wedding.
3: I like to say on-call therapist because they need a lot of that.
0: You're a wedding doula.
3: Yes, that is the perfect way of describing this job in a sentence, yes. Okay. When someone goes, well,
0: what are professional services? What do you offer? And you break it down. What what are, like, you know, give me the three punch points.
3: I've had to be a bodyguard for a bride who fired her maid of honor and was scared she was going to crash the wedding. I had a mother of the bride forget her bra, and I had to take mine off and give it to her. <laughs> I say I'm the on-call therapist, the personal assistant, the social director, and the peacekeeper, because I've never been to a wedding when there wasn't some type of major dramatic situation okay so when the bride's like i'm not going out what do you do i say let's go i'll get an uber we don't have to get married i had a bride five (laughs) minutes before she was supposed to get married look at me and say i hate the groom i don't want to do this and i was the person she went to so i had to really make sure that she was doing the right thing as her stranger in the room her hired bridesmaid.
1: Did she leave the
4: wedding?
3: Very long story short, they agreed to go through with it, but they both had the conversation saying this wasn't real. It was just going to be... Because they had 300 guests waiting for them. So she did walk down that aisle, but I think she just kept walking right after the wedding ended. Whoa. Wow.
0: So this is a fun
3: job. <laughs>
2: And how do you explain who you are to the other bridesmaids or family members?
3: It's a good question. Oftentimes the bride and I have a fake backstory of how we know each other. So I'm not Jen Glance. I'm Jen Smith. I'm Jen whatever from art school, drama class, yoga, whatever. And how has this affected your
0: view of marriage? Would you get married and have a wedding?
3: I will never have a wedding like the ones you see after going to them. I think they're a little bit of a waste of money. I yeah. think people do traditions that they have no idea what they're doing. I love marriage. I love love. I want to have a a simple party with pizza and cheap alcohol and a great band and that's it
0: it's <laughs> amazing uh i would have you at my wedding so there you go give it up for our mystery guest jen glantz Now it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists, Emily Mannix, who works with Instagram Famous Dogs. And Robbie Chernow, who went viral when he was the only one at his friend's bachelor party. <laughs> Puzzle our Archung, take it away.
2: Thanks, Sophia, Emily and Robbie, your final round is called On the DL. Every answer will be two words. The first one starts with D. The second one starts with L. So, for example, if I said he hosted his final episode of Late Show in May 2015, you'd answer David Letterman. We're playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube and an autographed copy of Annabelle Gurvich's book, Wherever You Go, There They Are. We roll a 20-sided die backstage, and Robbie is going first. Here we go. Robbie. In 1903, Missouri and Massachusetts were the first states to issue this document to motor vehicle operators. Driver's license. That is correct. Emily, Tenzin Gyatso is the 14th person known by this holy title.
6: The Dalai Lama. Correct.
2: Robbie, it's an extreme kissy face selfie pose. Duck lips. That's right. (laughs) Emily, Pixar's logo features this animated object, which appeared in its short film, Luxo Jr.,
6: A desk lamp?
2: That's correct. Robbie, this Mexican actor starred in Itumama Tambien and Rogue One. Daisy Lewis. That is incorrect. (laughs) We were looking for Diego Luna. Emily, this term for dark or salacious secrets is also the name of two different songs by Kelly Rowland and Don Henley.
6: Dark and salacious secrets.
2: Uh, Three seconds. seconds.
6: The down low? No, this was the DL.
2: Sorry, the answer we were looking for was dirty laundry. Robbie, according to the kids' song, it's the street where the muffin man lives. Drury Lane. That's correct, Drury Lane. Emily, the Arthur Murray studio famously offers this.
6: Dance lessons. That's
2: correct. We're at the halfway point. The game is tied at three points each. All right. Robbie, a table with sides that can be folded down to save space. Drop legs. No, I'm sorry. We were, we were looking for drop leaf. That's the term. Oh. No, sorry. Emily, a band featuring one-armed drummer Rick Allen.
6: Jeff Leopard. That is correct. Oh,
2: Robbie, it's Michigan's NFL team.
1: The Detroit Lions? That's
2: correct. Emily, this 1988 film earned Oscar nominations for Glenn Close and Michelle Pfeiffer.
6: Dangerous liaison. That is correct.
2: Well done. Robbie, she sang Cool for the Summer and covered I Will Survive for the Angry Birds movie. Three seconds. Diana Lorick. Sorry, we were looking for Demi Lovato. Here's the situation: the score is five to four. Emily, if you get this question right, you win. This Cub Scout supervisory position requires a person to be at least 21 years old. Den leader. That's right. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, Emily. And that's our show Ask Me Another's Puzzle Guru Is Art Chung Hey my name Grams to Narc Luck Our house musician Is Jonathan Colton. Coulton jolt the Cannon Our puzzles Were written by Eric Feinstein Matthew Foster And senior writers Karen Lurie And J. Keith Van Stratton Ask Me Another Is produced by Mike Katzif Travis Larchuk Julia Melfi Denny Shin Romel Wood And our intern Kurt Van Zant Along with Steve Nelson And Anya Grunman We are recorded by Damon Whittemore Noriko Akabe And David Hurtgen Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. (laughs) Next time on Ask Me Another, actors Omari Hardwick and Notori Naughton from the star show Power talk about meeting the show's writers and giving their
5: input. We say, okay, I want Tasha to have a new side piece this year. (laughs) I mean, because they done killed my boo, Sean. We're very much a part of the conversation, which is
0: nice. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.